please. I want you to think about the song, our theme song you've just sung. If you'll turn to Second Peter, nearly to the back of the New Testament, Second Peter chapter 2. We have never had, to my knowledge, a time in our ministry where we have so many saints ready to be called home and ailing physically. I think if you picked up on it, Brother Paul kind of prayed with a broken heart. I want you to pray for Nancy. Keep her consistently in your prayers. Heard last night, Fern Zane is in the hospital. We'll go see her after church today. Brother Patrick goes home. Phil and Mary Wolford. Dale Krieger is soon going to be with the Lord. Uh, Pearl Allred. We have more. We have a lot of people to pray for. Can I say this to you, how comforting it is to get alongside some of these saints, Phil and Mary and, and George and Fern and, and Pearl Allard and others that didn't live, none of us lived life completely like it should be lived, but they served God and lived for God. And now their life has purpose and they understand I can't do what I, what I want to do or what I once did, but I'm soon going to meet him. How many of you want this? This was our lesson to the teens today. Don't waste your life. Life is a precious gift given to you by God. One day we're able to stand before him and hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want that for my life. I pray you want it for yours. Let's stand, please. Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter number 2. We're going to read two verses, and so we'll read both of them in unison together. Second Peter 2, 17 and 18. Read both of these together, please. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye... Are you with me? No, you're not. Second Peter... Oh, I'm on three. I'm on three. Thank you. Well, you shouldn't be with me. It's tough getting old. Somebody had a birthday a week or so ago. It's tough getting old. All right, let's try 2 Peter 2, 17 and 18, shall we? Verse 17 and 18 together. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with the tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. We've been speaking on Sunday morning for the past seven weeks now, I believe, and I think that next week will be our last on this theme, Alive in Christ. These are not lessons I was taught when we went to the leadership conference, but the theme of that conference was who we are in Christ Jesus. And it just really, I, I got back and started to study this, and I was overwhelmed with this, and I thought it was important enough uh, that we might have seven or eight weeks where we uh, learn together on Sunday morning. Last time on Sunday morning we spoke on this, we gave some very practical things about how we can grow as a Christian. I ask you this this morning before we pray in just moments and get into the message. Are you the Christian today that you want to be? Because I am not. I want to be a better Christian than I am right now. And so what, is, what are the keys? How can I do this? How can I grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ? We'll look at that in just a moment. We'll give you the final of the six. We started with three last week, three things that are necessary for growth. 
and and this morning we'll give you the remaining three that are absolutely necessary for us to grow in our Christian faith. Father, we come to you this morning. I pray that you would silence our heart. Father, I always understand every person that is here under the sound of my voice today, if they were not here in church, every one of them would be busy doing something. And yet they've taken their time to come and assemble themselves for this time and this place. And Father, I would not want to waste any of their time. And it will be a total waste unless you, through your spirit and by your word, speak to us and move us to your purposes. And I pray you do that this morning. May I be bound to thy word and led by thy spirit. And Father, I pray that you would help us to examine, not in a, in a way that would condemn us, but examine our Christian lives and, and help us to understand if we're not growing, how we can grow. And if we are growing, what will continue? And what is the basis or the cause of that growth? Put in our hearts a desire to know you in ways we don't know you. May we say, like the Apostle Paul, that I'll count everything else in life but dung, that I may win Christ. So, Father, teach us from your word today. Move us by your spirit. We'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. I can't walk upon the waters, nor calm the raging sea, but I know a man who can. I can't cause blind eyes to open, make the lame walk again, but I know a man who Some call him Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I call him Jesus, for he's my dearest friend. If you feel no one can help you and your life is out of hand, well, I know a man. can't take a heart that's broken, make it over again, but I know a man who can. I can't save a soul that's in sick, make it white as the snow, but I know a man who Some call him Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I call him Jesus, for he's my dearest friend. If you feel no one can help you and your life is out of hand, well, I know a man. Savior, the Redeemer of all men. I call him Jesus, 
For he's my dearest friend. If you feel no one can help you and your life is out of hand, well, I know a man who can. Well, I know a man who can. Amen. Take your Bible now back to Second Peter. Look, and we're going to do this on Sunday mornings primarily. Uh, I know in Sunday school and off time, uh, Brother Bliss spoke for us last Sunday night and did this and often does this. We're going to put a lot of the scriptures up on the, on the screen. That doesn't mean that we ought to get lazy in using our Bible, but to keep service moving along. And thank God we've got some brand new Christians that don't know yet how to find their place in the scriptures and, and they need to hear from the Word of God. So we'll put a lot of these on, uh, on the screen. Where do I find strength to live the Christian life? Pastor, I failed, and I, I just feel like I'm just a wash-up, and I should just stop trying to live the Christian life. I just have come to the conclusion I can't do it. May I encourage you this morning that you can and that you should. How does our faith in Jesus Christ grow greater and stronger? What we learned in the last lessons last week was this, that if we're going to walk with the Lord, it's going to require intention and attention. We're going to choose to walk with Him. It's not just going to happen. When we got saved, I think sometimes as Christians we think we get saved and we get just a, a holy divine steroid injected into us. And it's time released. And each and every day that steroid kicks in when we need it and we're just going to pop out of bed in the morning and we're going to live the Christian life. Nothing could be further from the truth. If you and I don't intend to walk with the Lord this week, we will, in fact, not walk with Him. If we don't give attention to time to do that, and that's our Sunday night messages, I want to talk to you about one, a method of prayer tonight we don't often think of. If we don't intend to and give some attention, we're not going to walk with Him. Can I say this to you? Many times in the epistles, the Apostle Paul said, We are created unto good works. There is something God wants to do with your life and mine. And He calls those good works. To perform those good works, I've got to be living the Christian life like it should be lived. And so we looked at this. What is necessary for that Christian life? Look at 2 Peter 2.2. 2. We looked at, let's remind ourselves what we learned last week. One thing we must have to walk the Christian life is communication from the Word of God. We'll talk to you further about that tonight. You've got to get into the Word of God. We have to. And I mean Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, you're going to starve to death. If the only Bible you get is when you come to church, you're going to starve to death. Look at the scripture in 2 Peter 2.2. The Bible says, uh, in 2 Peter 2.2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that they may what? Grow thereby. We are, and I had a sister that was anemic, and the, she lacked iron, and, and you could tell that very pale, complected sometimes, and she had to watch her diet. Can I tell you this? A lot of times Christians are weak and anemic in our walk with God because we don't get into the Word of God. 
How much Bible have you devoured this week? How many verses find a time? Number two, we must have community with other believers. That's the church. How important is the church? Knock on doors of people, and I understand this. I'm not making lightly of, of people that have been let down or hurt by pastor or people in a church. But the truth of the matter is, we used to I had people tell me this sometimes. You know what? I don't go to church anymore. I just have church in my home. No, you don't. Church is here, a meeting place. I understand this. Phil and Mary can't be here today, and, and George and Fern can't be here, and Wally and Rebecca can't be here, and Pearl Allard can't be here. But I'm going to say this to you. We think about, I'm going to walk with God, but I'm not going to be a part of a local New Testament church. You have to be a part of a community of believers. Can I say this to you? Did you, did you hear the empathy, and did you hear the, the heart that Brother Paul prayed with our, our offering prayer? Can I tell you this? One of the things in our church has bumps and bruises. We've got issues in our church because your pastor has issues and the people of the church have issues. But if I want this church to be one thing that I believe that it is and I want it to continue, we are a family that love and pray for each other. So we have to have communication from the Word and community with other believers. And can I say this to you? Communication with Jesus. Have you talked to Jesus this week? Have you talked to Him? Will you talk to him tomorrow? Will you speak to him? Will you communicate? The Bible says that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Who's fellowshipping with who? The world does not have fellowship. They have friendship. Only Christians can have fellowship. And 1 John tells us if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, finish it with me, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. My wife and I, when we were in Bible college one night, it was snowy, snowy. We were on a little one-lane each direction road headed home after church on a Sunday night. And some young men that had obviously be drink, were drinking and whatnot were hanging out this car and sped past us, and I thought to myself, matter of fact, I told my wife, there's going to be an accident down the road someplace. Sure enough, as we got off of that road and about 10 minutes down the road, tragic, tragic accident happened, that same car. And one man was, one young man was taking his last breath. It happened that their accident happened right across from a church that does not believe about salvation like we do. One of those ministers from that church came out. Here's what I heard him tell that young man. Do you have any sins that you need to confess to me? Son, you're dying. Do you have any sins you need to confess? Can I say this to you? Don't ever confess your sins to a man. There's one mediator now between God and man, and who is it? This man, Christ Jesus. I say this to you, if I'm going to grow in grace, I've got to have communication from the Word of God. I've got to belong to a community of other believers, and I've got to commune with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not going to turn there. Josh will put it up on the screen, I believe. We're going to go to our fourth point. We're going to have God's hand in cataclysmic events. Romans 8, 28, say it with me. And we know that some things work together for good, 
Brother Bliss does, Brother Bill was, he'd hear. But even our associate pastor, Brother Stephen, has more study in Greek or Hebrew language than pastor does. I took just enough to get my degree. Can anybody tell me what that word all means in the Greek? It means all. And that's all it means. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose, cataclysmic events that happen in your life and mine. I didn't plan this. I didn't see this was going to happen. And it hit me, and I don't know what to do with it. Can I say this to you? That is a part of your walk with God. I was, kid, I was talking to Brother Van Dyne. He's a Redbirds fan. First. Am I right, Luann? And then he says he's a Rockies fan. Second. Okay. We'll accept that. I don't follow baseball a whole lot till it gets almost to the series, World Series. When it gets to the World Series, I'm in. Anybody with me, with Pastor? I'm in. Brother Paul, you got a team you're pulling for? Redbirds? No? Uh-oh. All right. <laughs> Brother, <laughs> Brother Kevin just looked at you. My son-in-law, Stephen, and I, years ago, I've never done this, never have, invited over. Was Detroit playing in that? Detroit. Did they win that series, Brother Stephen? They didn't win that series. We're playing the Detroit Tigers. We're playing who, Stephen? San Francisco. How many years ago? Six years ago. We're sitting in the basement. We're watching this game go on, and a phone rang. It was Dr. Rasmussen at West Coast Baptist College. Brother Rogers, your son's been hit in a tragic accident. You need to come. Can you tell me a little more? He said, Pastor, he's not going to make it. You should fly. Dr. Rasmussen went from, they were in the middle of missions conference, went to Antelope Valley Hospital, and it just kind of was there in our stead. Got a call back in another 15 or 20 minutes, and he said, Pastor Chapel thinks you ought to fly. Don't try driving. You've heard the story before. I'm not going to go through all of that story. Years later, Ernst and Renata Stuckman were here, and Renata was going into open-heart surgery, and I asked Brother Ernst, can I have just a moment with her to pray with her and, and talk to her? And that morning, I had spent some time with the Lord, and I said, Lord, I want to I be a blessing to Renata and, and give me the words to say and help me to be a comfort and a strength. And it was, on, it was exactly the opposite. As I walked into that pre-op room, I said to her, I said, Renata, do you understand the seriousness of this surgery? Do you understand that, that quite possibly doctors said you have a 50-50 chance of coming out of this surgery? She said this to me before. She said, Pastor, can I ask you a question? She said, if God lets you and Miss Rogers make the choice and, and your son didn't have to be injured in, in that accident, what would you choose? I didn't even think about it. I said, I would choose for him to be in it. That may sound morbid to you. But she said with a smile on her face, she said, Ernst and me too. Ernst and I too. You see, they lost a son, Peter. 
How can a child of God say something tragic, a cataclysmic has come into my life and and God's going to use that for his honor and his glory. God's trying to make of you and make of me something we're not presently. Yes, we're communicating in his word. Yes, we belong to the community of the church. Yes, we're connecting with the Lord Jesus Christ. But then God sends into our life something that we were not expecting and that whatever came into our life, God said, if you give it to me, I'll make Make you a better child of God, and I'll draw you to closeness that you and I have never had. One of the great doctrines of the Bible is the sovereignty of God. This truth teaches us that God is in control of all of the things in our life at all times. It may look to us as surprising. It may look to us as accidental. But the God that we love and know and serve has everything in our life under his control. True or false? If this verse is true. Real Christianity isn't problem-free, but it's promise-filled. Aren't you glad? I don't know what your tomorrow and mine is going to look like. It's going to enter into our life some problems that we were not expecting. And those things may rock your boat. They may rock your world. But God is saying, all right, you're already doing those three steps in growth. I've allowed something. I'm going to allow something to come into your life. And through that cataclysmic event, I'm going to bring you closer to me as we walk together. You'll have problems and difficulties, but you'll have a relationship in Jesus Christ and with Jesus to face those problems with. I'm going to say this to you. Every healthy Christian will be able to point to a time in their life when things just went crazy. I was reading a a book this week, and I don't know this story, and Sydney, you would know, and Brother Stephen and and, and Rachel and, and, and Sarah and some of you. I was not there when Carrie Schmidt got cancer. Carrie Schmidt was a great man of God serving an associate pastor role in, in Lancaster. And he talked about that in the book that I was reading this week. And he said, I'm going to tell you what, God rocked my world. I was a young man with a wife and a family and, and, and just in ministry. And God said, I'm going to allow something to come into your life that you were not expecting later on. In that same book, I heard Brother Smith say this, I am glad God allowed me to have cancer. I've never faced cancer. I went to my brother before he passed away. I asked the Lord all the way as I drove there, God, give me the ability to have some private time. Help Bill to be strong enough that I'll have that time with him. I want to make sure that if God does not heal you, that I'll see you once again. And I remember there at that kitchen table on Honeysuckle Drive in Mansfield, Ohio, one night after church, I said, Bill, i got to talk to you. I love you. i got to talk to you. Please help me to understand if God does not touch your body and he does not heal you, that one day I'll see you in heaven. Bill, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? And he said this. He said, Gordon, I know for sure if I die today, I'd go to heaven. I got saved at Temple Baptist Church. He told me the time and the place when he got saved. He said this to me. As I went with him to some of these Live Strong programs, went with him to the gym and tried to get a body just racked and filled with cancer and get on the little rascal outdid me on a, on a treadmill machine and he's loaded with cancer. 
Come on, you can go an hour. I said, Bill, I'm having a hard time doing 15 minutes. We walked out of that room. Here's what he said. He said, I'm glad the Lord let me have cancer. Listen to what he said. He said, Gordon, I got mad at, at God. I got mad at some preachers. And I walked out of church and I never walked back in. He began to cry. He said, you know how close God has gotten to me. You know how close everywhere I went there after he passed away, you get in his car and there's scripture verses plastered all over his car. You go to his refrigerator and there's verses that get him throughout the day. There's a journal that helped him say, I'm not going to make it alone, but Jesus and I together are going to go on this journey. Child of God, you say, I want to be close to God, and I pray that you do. Get into the Word of God, daily basis. Get into a church home and be a part of that church body, and then communicate and walk with the Lord each and every day. But when those cataclysmic events come, understand God is sending that event to make you something you've never been before. He never wastes trials. Every hardship is meant to bring us closer to Jesus. The circumstances are no mistake. Our typical response in these times is, God, just get me through it. Get me through this cancer. Get me through this cancer. Get me through this cancer. What we ought to be saying is, God, your name be honored and glorified as I go through this. Let's go through it together. Cataclysmic events. Let me show you this. Number five, compassionate service. How am I going to grow in the now? A lot of verses up here. So help us with this. Watch this. This is here. This is 1 Corinthians 16. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry. You got an addiction? I do. Chocolate. <laughs> I have an addiction. How about this? How about some people that are just addicted to ministry and saying, Lord, if you call me to teach a class of boys or girls, if I'm going to come work a harvest festival, if I'm going to work the altar, if I'm going to wash baptismal clothes, if I'm going to drive a bus, if I'm going to sign for the deaf, I'm addicted to serving you. It's going to help you grow. Look at these other verses, if you would. So here he talks about, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. Stop for a second. Follow me in the lesson today. If you are saved, I want you to raise your hand if the Holy Spirit brought, when you got saved, he brought into your life a gift. Would you raise your hand? If you're saved, every hand ought to be up. When you and I got saved, the Holy Spirit brought with him the gift or gifts. And what are they for? Look at this. Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. It was the grace of God that gave those gifts to you. Now he wants you to serve. Go to the next verse, if you would, Brother Rogers. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. How many of you say, Preacher, I used to do that. I'd serve and nobody noticed. We told our teens, we may, we may not notice, but there, and think of it. Can I say this to you? Let's not overlook the young people, teenagers that work in our church. Brother Stephen, I saw him in there, and we had, can you imagine this? 
we had 15 teenagers in pastor study with, with pastor and miss, 15 teenagers in there. And here's Damien with his badge. I said, Damien, what's your badge about? He said, well, I, I help with children's ministries. Gets to serve. You say, preacher, now watch this. I can do all of those things. I can, I can communicate in his word, and, and, and I can find myself a community of believers, and I can walk with the Lord. And when these cataclysmic events come, I'll, I'll, I'll see that God and I walk together with this. But can I say this to you? Unless you are compassionately serving, you're not going to grow like you should grow. Look at this, if you would. Oh, watch it. Don't, don't change that which he has showed towards his name. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the... I want to brag on you this week. Nobody saw you, some of you ladies, go by a, a lady who's dying, dying and just have... Nobody saw you go by her bed, hold her hand, one lady sung to her at her bedside for over an hour. I wasn't supposed to find that out. Some of you were signed up to go, and pastor called you and said, listen, now's not the time. That you have ministered to the saints and do minister. What are we talking about here this morning? When you are saved, you were given a gift to be used in the service of God. Can I say this to you? You are saved to serve. We're saved to serve. And I don't know what it is. You may start small, but find a place. And I love this. And so many people that are in our church just want to be blessed. And somebody said, and watch this. We were praying with the men before church. and said, listen, Mrs. Kane needs some men two nights, two days to go by and just sit with Brother Wally so she can go out. And in one of these cases, wants to be with Kathy with you as you have your surgery this week. Or who, LeVay, I'm sorry. LeVay. Her husband's in the hospital and going to be out, but I want to go be with somebody else who's going to be in the hospital. Can I say this to you? We are saved to serve. What is that? The purpose of the gift is to build up and edify the body of Christ. I'm taking my Bible and turn to Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. We say this, every saint is a servant, every member a minister. Doesn't mean you're up teaching or preaching. Doesn't mean you're playing an instrument or the piano. Doesn't mean necessarily that you're singing. But if you can sing, you should sing. And if you can play, you should play. Acts chapter 9, look at this if you would. Verse 26 and 27. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem. Now remember, what, now let me ask you this. Who was Saul? Can I put in some really tough language? Saul was a terrorist. Yeah, he was. He killed Christians and he carried them bound. He was a terrorist. But he got saved on the road to Damascus, didn't he? And when you get saved, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. And God cleaned him up. But now Paul is going to go back into some of those same churches that some people had lost members in when Paul carried them bound. Look at what it says here in verse 26. 
And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he assailed to join himself to the disciples. Uh-uh. Osama bin Laden moves to Pueblo, and he said he got saved. Should we welcome him to membership? Yes. If he got saved. But imagine Saul going and he wants to be a part of the church. Did they lovingly wrap their arms of fellowship around him? No. Now look at verse 27. But Barnabas took him. There's somebody in this church that needs just a, a man to put, a, uh, put his arm around another man and say, man, listen, I'm praying for, I know you're struggling in some area right now, but I want you to know God laid you on my heart. I'm here for you, brother. If you need to get a cup of coffee or, or a hamburger, or a, if you're not hamburger people, get a veggie burger. Aren't you glad Burger King's got a, a meat-free burger now? Have anybody eaten it? No. Anybody going to eat it? <laughs> but Barnabas, I don't know, and I try to stay close what is going on to this church, but I'm going to tell you this. You can reach somebody. You can help somebody in this church if pastor can't reach or help. But Barnabas, look at what it says, verse 27, took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. As Barnabas exercised his spiritual gift, Saul grew in grace. As you and I exercise our spiritual gift, if it's the playing of an instrument, if the singing of a song, I ask you this this morning, did special music, does the music bless you when you come? It's supposed to be for one reason, not that any musician, whether they play or sing, is lifted up, but that the Lord Jesus Christ might be lifted up and the body of Christ might be edified and you grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ because some people exercise their spiritual gifts. Our church is lacking in any area where people are not serving. That's where we're lacking. So what do we say about that? As God works in your life, He will open up doors of service. Your faith will soon come alive on a different level when you engage in compassionate service to others. God will change you and He'll use you to change others. Preacher, how can I grow in grace? Yes, I've got to get into the Word of God. I've got to make myself belong to a community of believers. I've got to communicate with the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got to walk with Him each and every day. I've got to be mindful of those cataclysmic events that come our way that nothing surprises God. And, and He allowed those to come into my life for a purpose and a reason. And then I've got to get busy serving others through the local church. The most valuable Expenditure of your life and resources is people. Watch this, and I don't mean to pick on these folks today. Andrew and Sydney own business. What's the most valuable thing in your business? People. Val matters to us. See, matters to us. Rebecca and Vernon, you own a business. Clients, what's the most valuable part of your business? People. Others, 
Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. Help me to live for others. Why? So that I might live like thee. Some here today, you come here and you're stuck on yourself and your problems and your issues. And I understand that. But all around you, there are people that are burdened and even have greater problems than you. And they're not going to make it unless we crawl out of our shell and say, Lord, I not only want to love you and walk with you and get into your word and get into your body, which is the church, but I want you to use me as a conduit to reach out to those in my life and in this body. When you invest your life in others, you live for what Jesus lived for. Did Christ live for others? Blind Bartimaeus was by the road. And the disciples were hustling Jesus along. Come on, there's a crowd. Let's get over here. And the Bible said, the creator of the world, Jesus Christ, stood still. The woman with the issue of blood just got to reach his garment. And Jesus stood still. Virtue's gone out of me. Watch this, the blind man, whoever it might be. Christ thought the most important thing in his life was others. That's why he lived his sinless life. That's why he went to Calvary's cross. That's why he suffered and died. Because of you and me that has a sin debt that must be paid for. And he paid for that sin debt. And can I say this to you? We are no more no more like Jesus when we're serving others. We're no more unlike Jesus when we're stuck on ourselves. I want to show you this last one. Continual cultivation. I told you about last week. I'm a horrible gardener. I can't grow anything. I don't know why. I try. I try. I do the same things Brother Paul does, I think. I think Belmont dirt's better than Pueblo West dirt. Somehow I think that. Look at Hebrews 10, 36. For ye have need of patience. Uh-oh. All right, my hand goes up first. How many of you in here say, preacher, I'm a little, just a little bit impatient. Is there anybody like that? That's me. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Continue. You say, oh, preacher, I'm going to put this to practice. You know what I'm going to do? Tomorrow I'm going to get in the word of God. And Tuesday I'm going to get in the word of God. And, and I'm going to be steady to the house of God. And, and I'm going to walk with Jesus. And if something cataclysmic comes in my, in my life, I'm going, to, I'm going to turn to God towards that. And I'm going to see a place. I'm going to go to Brother Stephen and say, hey, Brother Stephen, how can I help you? Or I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to go to pastor and say, hey, listen, how can I be a helper? Or whatever. I'm going to visit some folks in the hospital. I'm going to do all that. And you know what? Bingo. All of a sudden, I'm super Christian with an S on my chest. <laughs> Did it happen that way? Continual cultivation. Watch these other verses. If you would, James 1, 3, and 4. Your heart and mine is a field. The soil of our heart gets hardened through the things of life, through the hardships, and it gets hardened. And God said, I'm going to break up that fallow ground. I'm going to break up. And the Bible says in Hebrews that the word of God is that quick and sharp and powerful two-edged sword that pierces asunder. God stirring the soil of our heart to make us something that we're not pre we presently are not, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And James chapter 5 and verse number 7, we learn this. What it says, be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husband waited for the precious fruit of the earth. Yeah, I know that. I waited for the peaches on my tree. Four of them. 
about the time, somebody told me this week too, hey, preacher, don't feel bad that happened to us, but you only had one. Who was that? Somebody told me this week, I had one peach, and by the time I went to pick it, the bugs got it. We're looking at that tree, looking at that tree. And I see at my, at my breakfast table or my dinner table, I'm looking out at that tree, and I see those, I see those orangey yellow spots. I think, man, I can't wait. I'm already tasting those peaches. You know, the Lord's wanting, he's looking at your life and mine. He saved you for a purpose. He saved you to serve. And he's looking for that fruit. Watch his husband waited for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience until he received the early and the latter rain. As we close this morning, one of God's primary instructions for us is to remain patient. Every growth in grace is a gradual work. Are you following me? It's gradual. Don't cast away your confidence. Keep serving. Keep loving. Keep reading. Keep attending. Keep doing these things. And watch what happens one day. Somebody will come up to you and say, Brother, you are just a blessing to me. God has used you in my life. And you'll say, What? I ask you this this morning as we close. How many say, Preacher, I want to so walk with the Lord that I want God to use my life and the lives of others? Is that your prayer? It's my prayer. Six resources that are at our disposal. Most of them involve the local church. Communication in the word. Community with believers. Communion with Jesus Christ. Cataclysmic events turned over to him. Compassionate service. And continual cultivation. Faith requires intention and attention. Can I say this to you? Look, one last verse. We're going to close. 1 Corinthians 3. I don't think, Brother Rogers, this is up there. Is it? I don't think it is. I think I added this last night. It is? It is. For ye are, we are here, we are laborers. You need Andrew and Sydney? Do you need Jeff and Linda? You know, do you need Dallas and Jackie? Tom and Ruth? Lucy and Jim? Nathan and Sydney? What's your name? No. <laughs> Can I say this to you? We need each other. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. God's doing a work. So I say this as we wrap it up. Plant yourself in God's greenhouse. That's the local church. Walk personally and daily with Jesus. And serve Christ as you serve others. And you're going to grow. I think if God returned hell to Pearl Allred, am I right, Lucy? She'd be here next Sunday. Vern Johnson, Phil and Mary, Brother Bill even this afternoon, Wally and Rebecca. Can I say this to you? God wants to grow you, and he wants to grow me, and he wants to grow us for a purpose and a reason. Those six things are as easy as it comes. You're looking for a magic bullet. It does not exist. When you get into the word of God, it changes you. We'll talk about that tonight, how prayer and Bible reading are hand in hand. Would you look at these and examine your own Christian life 
and allow the Lord to convict you of some changes that need to be made in your life and mine so that we might grow together.